Welcome to the Dermatology Podcast, the official podcast of the European Academy of Dermatology and Venereology. I'm Christopher Horskamp. And I'm Cécile Mitoire. And we are your hosts. Every month, the Journal of the European Academy of Dermatology and Venereology chooses and highlights four articles in a section called Editor's Picks. Today we explore the Editor's Picks for June 2021. We will be exploring the topics Allergen Immunotherapy, Avoiding Misrepresenting Urticaria Screening Tests, Occupational Contact Dermatitis in Healthcare Workers, and the Effect of the Pandemic on Genitourinary Medical Care. But before we get into that... The EADV is funding a clinical fellowship program to support the clinical training of residents or recently qualified dermatologists and venerologists who are setting up a new service or practice in a high-quality European clinical center. The purpose is to provide clinical observational experience in a department with recognized expertise in a specific field. Junior dermatologists and venerologists that are still training or recently qualified can gain valuable experience by observing clinical practice, service structures or specific techniques at a hosting clinic. And EADV Live will host a webcast, Botulinum Toxin Off-Label Use in Dermatology, with Professor Liliana Medinitska on the 7th of July at 2 p.m. Central European Summer Time. For more information on how to watch it live and even ask questions to the speaker, go to www.eadv.org under education. And now on to the editor's picks. Allergen Immunotherapy's Efficacy in Atopic Dermatitis While allergen immunotherapy is the curative therapy for type 1 allergic disorders, the most common including rhinoconjunctivitis, asthma, and food allergies, the debate continues over the efficacy of allergen immunotherapy in atopic dermatitis. As atopic dermatitis can be a lifelong disease for many patients, long-term treatment is often required. In this month's issue, Christina Hoidu from the University of Debrecen in Hungary and co-authors explored the effects of allergen immunotherapy on symptoms, skin barrier function, blood immunological changes, and skin tests, such as the atopy patch test or skin prick test, in a small group of patients with mild to moderate atopic dermatitis and concomitant allergic rhinitis and house dust mite monosensitization. They found that most clinical parameters, as well as barrier function, significantly improved after six months of treatment. Moreover, the authors considered atopy patch test to be helpful in determining the efficacy of allergen immunotherapy. How to avoid misinterpreting chronic spontaneous urticaria screening test results. In another allergy-related article this month, Katrin Baumann from Charité Universitätsmedizin Berlin, Germany, and co-authors investigate why results from two types of screening tests often differ in patients with chronic spontaneous urticaria, CSU. CSU is a common distressing disease that is often autoimmune, presenting with itchy wheels or hives and or angioedema, severe swelling. The first test can screen for CSU, the autologous serum skin test or ASST, 
is diagnosed in patients who develop a will in response to intradermal injection of their own serum. The second is called a basophil activation test. Basophils usually represent a minor proportion of the white blood cells, releasing histamine as a mediator of urticaria. These two tests already show divergent results in the literature among one-third of CSU patients. In 48 patients with CSU from a cross-sectional study, the authors observed a similar response when exposing heterologous thin mass cells, another type of white blood cell from a donor, instead of heterologous basophils to serum in vitro and in situ, meaning in an artificial environment and in the original tissue. Thus, serum-induced wielding in patients with CSU seems to involve autologous skin signals that facilitate or inhibit mast cell degranulation, the release of their contents. These findings suggest that the combined use of different tests for diagnosing autoimmune CSU may prevent misinterpretation of false positive and false negative results. Incidence of Occupational Contact Dermatitis in Healthcare Workers At a time when personal protective equipment, or PPE, is necessary to protect the very lives of healthcare workers and their patients, the topic of contact dermatitis remains an important aspect of the lives of healthcare workers who may have to face this problem in addition to other numerous burdens at work. We know that healthcare workers are at higher risk of developing contact dermatitis due to frequent hand washing, contact with detergents and disinfectants, and the use of latex gloves for extended hours. However, the incidence of occupational contact dermatitis in healthcare workers has previously been understudied. That is why Francesca Lorese Filon from the University of Trieste in Italy and colleagues set out to determine the incidence of using a robust methodology, namely the Preferred Reporting Items for Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis, PRISMA Guidelines, Unfortunately, only 16 studies, 6 cohorts and 10 register-based, with follow-up periods between 1987 and 2013, met their inclusion criteria. The authors advocate for more cohort studies to evaluate the incidence of contact dermatitis in healthcare workers in order to better evaluate risk factors and define better preventative measures. They emphasize that harmonization of occupational cohorts promoted by the Network on the Coordination and Harmonization of European Occupational Cohorts, or OmegaNet, can improve data accuracy. It is of note that since the authors submitted their manuscript in August of 2020, there have subsequently been several publications on this condition. Therefore, updated epidemiological studies will be necessary. How has the pandemic affected genitourinary medical care? In an interesting study during the COVID-19 pandemic from reportedly the largest genitourinary clinic in Southwest Ireland involving typically healthy young people, Dermot Moriarty from South Infirmary Victoria University Hospital in Dublin, Ireland, and colleagues found that fewer cases of sexually transmitted infections, STIs, were seen during lockdown evaluated from April to August 2020. Prior to lockdown, patients were seen for STI testing, vaccination or pre-exposure prophylaxis, PREP. However, after lockdown, non-urgent care was postponed. Sexual health services were subsequently streamlined. From triaging and screening, for example the introduction of self-swabbing, 
to the communication of results electronically or by phone to avoid return appointments and prescribing, for example, topical therapies instead of cryotherapy for genital warts. However, even though fewer cases of STIs were seen, the proportion of positive screens increased from approximately 39% in 2018 to 52% in 2020. The authors speculate that the reduction in cases may be due to a combination of fewer sexual partners during lockdown and reduced testing of asymptomatic individuals due to limited services. While COVID-19 has affected interpersonal exposure and thus sexual health, the authors end on an encouraging note. These challenges have led their department to make changes to their services, which they expect to continue in the long term. Our first article was Allergen Immunotherapy's Efficacy in Atopic Dermatitis by K. Hoidu and co-authors. Our second article was How to Avoid Misinterpreting Chronic Spontaneous Urticaria Screening Test Results. Our third article was Incidents of Occupational Contact Dermatitis in Healthcare Workers by F. Philon and co-authors. Our fourth article was How has the pandemic affected genitourinary medical care? Of course, all of the research presented today can be found in the Journal of the European Academy of Dermatology and Venerology. Though you can find free access and open access articles, EADV members benefit greatly by having access to all articles and content. We would like to give a special thank you to all of our listeners. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, or otherwise find us on any major podcast provider. We appreciate you joining us and look forward to presenting more interviews, research, and other topics of merit. Until the next episode, take care of your skin.